today's episode is a very special kind of episode where we team up with the Will and Dave show. You can be find them on YouTube and uh, Facebook and all that stuff. Uh, Will and Dave, well, you all know Will Smith and his father, Dave. And they asked us to join them for an episode because we have talked about Dave while simultaneously never taking the time to talk to him, even though we had reached out. Now it came the time to actually sit and talk with both of them. And so what you will be hearing now is an episode of the Will and Dave show. Um, this episode has both Devin, myself, Mike, and Justin on it, along with Will and Dave. So it's a lot going on. Um, there are five of us, which is a lot of people to have on a podcast. It was so much fun. I hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoyed making it. Uh, God bless, guys. Trucking is a dumb job. I want to be clear. I don't think trucking is a dumb job. And I know lots of really intelligent, really diligent, dedicated truckers. I, I know and I'm related to a few. Uh, but some of the dumbest motherfuckers I've ever met in my life <laughs> were truckers. They have a special, well, like, obviously that is very like anecdotal. But they're we super can truckers. have the same view when it comes to any demographic. We can yes, say, oh, the exactly. dumbest motherfuckers I ever met were liberal. Oh, the dumbest motherfuckers I ever met were this or whatever. Yeah. Yes, I can even agree with that. Some of the dumbest people I've ever met were liberals. Yeah. <laughs> or are. I, oh, <laughs> I was going to just make a fun example, but I don't even know if you're going to agree. I'll think. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. Welcome to a surprise episode of the Will and Dave Show, because it isn't just the Will and Dave Show tonight. We have guests. We have friends from the Blue Collars Philosophers podcast, and I will let them introduce themselves. Hey, everybody. This is Mike, Biker Mike, as you know, from the Blue Collar Philosophers podcast. And we've got Devin Kickstand Braun and our very good friend and co-host. So, Are you a co-host yet? I, I don't know. I think he should be. Uh, Justin I, I Butts. I thought, I thought of you more like a recurring character. A recurring character. <laughs> what are those recurring characters get paid more. Yeah. <laughs> we, we have a fantastic days. producer yeah. co-host, Dave. Need more. In the I like this. Like a tumor, he grows on you, though. <laughs> there's a lot of things with Justin that will grow on you, and there's a lot of things like Justin that are like a tumor, so... You know, you're going to get covered on all of those. It's like a wart that you want to have removed until you find out it defines you in some special way. <laughs> and then I see Marilyn Monroe. <laughs> she she did have something on her face that she could have got rat removed. It worked for her, though. So I, I, have a, I have a picture of um, myself, my brother Mallory, and Palm Springs. And in Palm Springs is that statue of Marilyn Monroe with her skirt 
blowing, except it's about 18 feet high, and the skirt is like eight feet high. And so Mallory and I are both are looking under and looking up Marilyn Monroe's skirt in Palm Springs. It was one of those judging the, the sculptors. Yes, it was one of the defining moments of my life. Looking at <laughs> Marilyn Monroe's dress. How is that not a defining moment in any man's life, Dave? Yeah. <laughs> well, we're all there for this. I'm sure it that would have been more one boy a man. Yeah. It, it would have been more defining if it was actually Marilyn Monroe and she was 18 feet tall. But as it's a metal statue, it didn't quite have the same weight. That's a special kind of kink. But uh... <laughs> welcome. <laughs> So do you I edit? Ha- no, we do not edit. <laughs> Just checking. Right, good for kindred spirits then. So <laughs> I should we take the lesson then? <laughs> so I will say though, for the three people that are watching, and one I know is Tim Vandenhuvel, because I called him and he is going to be listening out laughing at Justin tonight. Um, I make no guarantees that there will not be a bit of language on the show tonight. And William used to do a trigger warning for all this stuff we talked about. This is the Will and Dave show, so yes. You sure as hell better do a trigger warning tonight for this I show. Will. <laughs> I wouldn't call it a trigger warning, but this is definitely a content warning for those of you who are listening. There will likely be harsh language. There may be discussion of topics of a sexual and religious nature, not necessarily combined, but who knows? We don't really know what we're going to get into. Just be aware that no topics are really off limits here, and you should know that going into it fucking rights <laughs> thank you and that it, does, it works also as a teaser it's a bit of a teaser for what's yeah. coming it's not just good good uh, good practice yeah oh, yes so you guys have been on a bit of hiatus yeah, yeah this you is got a very special comeback about a year and a half Pull, pulling us out of retirement here yeah how, how did we trigger that what 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 uh yeah i'm curious why is, you're back we reached out to you guys well dave uh, we reached out to will and will's like yes 100 percent uh but dave we reached out to, to to connect with you and you had no desire to to engage <laughs> which with such juvenile content alas here we are juvenile well, I will- I will say I never got the memo on the one visit as I was up north and I was visiting our grandkids. And I'm sorry, but the whole group of you can fly a kite. If I'm there with my grandkids, I won't even talk to you. I hardly talk to Will. So, I mean, I mean the rest I have of to go you. Out there. Yeah. But, but, but there is an issue with content that I'm sure we will get to. I'm <laughs> I was saying to my wife the other day, I was saying, I'm not sure how much I have in common with the group that spends 15 minutes arguing how much you'd have to pay somebody to write, don't be a dick on their dick. And, oh, and man, I totally forgot about that. Oh, I didn't. Well, and I'm sitting the there. Questions, damn it. <laughs> so, many, so many things get discussed. I gathered that. So that that okay. How how is that not interesting though? Because it takes into just the thought of personal agency of how much are you willing to sell out part of your body for and which part. Like that that is such an interesting thought. And the fact that you could be like, well, that's weird to spend fifty. No, it's amazing that we don't talk about it more. Well, you should quantify what your body's worth to you in, in dollar value. Yes. 
black market's been doing it for years. Yeah, with right. Kidneys. It's like, yeah, I have two of them. If if I'm in bad credit card debt, maybe I should pawn one off. <laughs> Are we talking kidneys now, Justin? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, do- I'm just making sure what we have two of. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose you could sell a testicle. Yes, I, you can I guess, actually. I guess you could. Really? Uh, oh, yes. In Calgary, you can get like 250 grand. How do you know that? Uh, Why do you know it that? It was an option, and uh, but it lowers your testosterone to the point that you may become impotent. Okie dokie. I, I don't know how you know that. Why do you See, know that? It's also I, educational I content, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Kids. Ask your <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm the, I'm the co-host, and so I'm flabbergasted. <laughs> I, I, I'd like uh, to say I'm appalled, but I'm intrigued. It's like 250K. You can do a lot of good with 250K. Yes, sir. There's testosterone not boosters. Have, not have sex, but, you know. <laughs> you can have sex. Anyway, you just, you know. We'll, we'll diverge back to you, you guys. This is your show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, no. This is going to no, be no. a philosopher's show. <laughs> There is no logo on this screen. Well, like, like Dave, this one goes both this. ways. So, <laughs> Will, sorry, like Will. Well, my yeah. bad. Shots fired. Uh, I, I smoke. So the real reason why I reached out to Will a week and a half ago was I haven't heard a lot of your episodes. As I heard one a while ago that Will was on. And I did. I thought it was juvenile. I thought, you know what? I'm not going to. And then I heard the one with Will um, for your 100th anniversary one and the one mm-hmm. with Justin on your 100th anniversary one. And it was very interesting to be spoken about when nobody thinks you're going to be listening. It is. And I thought, you know what? Enough was said about me that I would come Here's on and... Head. Yeah, and, and it was not horrible or bad or I actually enjoyed the episodes and I I played a bit of it for Susan. Uh-oh. It was interesting to hear the conversation. And so I thought, hey, let's get together. I can put up with anything. I, I mean, my family has been putting up with me for 30 some years, so I can put up with some juvenile jokes about how much <laughs> I'd pay to, to tattoo don't be a dick on my dick. And, and so... <laughs> It's, yeah. You've put up funny. with far worse at Trim Tech. Far, far worse than what. So that is the truth of it. And, and I was thinking about this this afternoon. And you know, Justin, that it was a vile work experience at Trim Tech. If, you, if we're talking language, I mean, and dirty jokes. So <laughs> oh, yeah, I learned yeah. so much visiting Trim Tech as a kid. Oh, hey, Tim's on the screen. Thing. I can't read what he's saying. He said, he said, we put up with him for how long? <laughs> so, yeah, just to, long clear, just to clear it up, Dave, you and Justin actually go back a fair ways. Yes. 19, no, it would have been, oh, geez, early 2000s or was it in the 90s, yeah. Justin? No, no, it would have been early 2000s. I'm going to say maybe like 03, 04, somewhere in there. Okay. So, Richie, when. Richie's watching too, Justin. He's he's here just to hear you. Of course, he is. Well, if he I wants, love Richie. If he wants to hear more of Justin Butts, he has to check us out on the Blue Collar Philosophers podcast. Just look for anything with Bam, Justin Butts, right. or yeah. just listen to all of them. That that's the best way to hear Justin. They're all good. <laughs> <like> cherry. <laughs> if you wanted to 
an extra plug. You can get this shirt on I'll sell anything for a dollar.com. <laughs> hey, if we don't promote ourselves, nobody will. So <laughs> So that was the impetus for me reaching out and saying, hey Will, let's make this happen. It was mm-hmm. it was an interesting conversation. So Tim's asking you got to to call Richie by his nickname, Justin. Let's see, I, I don't remember Richie's nickname. I know, I'm trying to remember too. I remember Butsy. I remember Flanders. Yeah. Oh, he still has oh, you on the phone as Flanders. Yeah, D- yeah, Dave Flanders Smith. Yeah, he was telling me today, you're still in there. <laughs> well, Super Dave. I've been called worse. What did we call Richie? Did we call was him Dick? dick? I can't I'm sure it was. Usually, usually a Richard is a dick. Yeah. Yes. How, do you, how do you get dick from Richard? I honestly have no idea. That's I, one of those ask nicely. name shortening that has always escaped me, yeah. but it is great fun. Well, maybe it's because it's easier to tattoo that on a dick <laughs> than Richard if it's not long enough. <laughs> the big dick. There you yeah. go. Bad jokes. Yeah. All right. So, so, so a joke hands dirty. Got, this, this, I said this joke to Richie at Trim Tech years ago, and he actually got super upset. <laughs> okay, I, now it's going to be oh, good. Yeah. No, it's like, so I asked him, I said, did you hear they put condoms in Presbyterian school to stop the spread of Abe's? <laughs> of course, his dad's name is Abe. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's one of the best men in That is a I fair joke. So that was even... <laughs> He got offended, like it bothered him. It, like, well, he he was young. Oh, he also he was is probably, very Mennonite. I don't, I don't even know. Was Richie nineteen then? He was right out of high school, and you have to tell him his dad's name was Abe. So well, that's, I mean, yeah. we, we do love Richie. That's a fair yes. joke. I'm I'm sorry, but that's not like I'm like oh, that's something I would tell my kids, but they wouldn't get it. But still, <laughs> I, I, Richie I'm, I'm was the was the constant <laughs> at Trim Tech. And Tim's right. We did love Richie. We still do. He he was yeah. just the consummate. He worked his ass off, and people gave him crap all the time. And he, he <laughs> just he kept on going. Yeah. Were What's you there when I got my Christmas gift, Justin? Were you there for the sheep? No, I wasn't. Actually, oh, you missed that one. Yes, so, I was. I was working at Auto Graphics that year. So the whole gang went together and they got me a real sheep, an actual sheep with mud boots and Velcro gloves. (laughs) I thought it was going that way. I really did. I wanted to make the joke and I'm like, "Mm." the year before that. Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Oh, no, I was just going to ask, like, so what's it like for you? uh, In an environment like that, being like the straight lace guy of the group or were you not the straight lace guy of the group? Uh, I was not the straight lace guy of the group. Richie really was. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Richie was the straight man. Yeah. Yeah, he was He was the straightest arrow there, for sure. Yeah. Like, Dave to take, the like, the he would come with us on all Okay. I was just wondering, because I, I figured with the nickname Flanders that, that you probably were the straight lace guy. Yeah. Well, I had a switch I could turn off and on. And after I was just work, say, like, I that's something. Yeah, that's something that I learned from you. Yes. Not knowing it as a kid, but definitely picked up as a kid. 
was there was there was you could flick switches for different social settings. I could go into one setting and I could cuss and swear like a sailor with the best of them with the boys and then get home and switch to something else or you go to church and switch to something else. And that was definitely a skill that I picked up from watching you and how you acted at home versus how you acted at work the few times that I would come with you to trim tech. Yeah. It, it, it was an ability I had and I, the switch was definitely off when I worked at trim tech. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember one of my def early on when I began there and Tim and I were, we we're in an altercation. Anybody who, who worked there would remember this. I was at the top of the stairs. He was at the bottom of the stairs and we're just swearing at each other at the top of our lungs. He was mad at me. I was mad at him. In hindsight, it might've been a minute. It seemed like an hour and a half when we were doing it and the F-bombs were flying. And it was, it was one of those moments that he and I, we talk about to this day that how we're still friends is a, is a miracle. <laughs> Like yeah, just funny to think sometimes how it's funny to think sometimes though how friendships can endure and some that you figure are going to endure forever somehow don't, but ones where there's strife there generally seems to be some resilience too. Oh, there was strife. Yeah, like all the friendships, <laughs> as, like when I was a kid, all the friendships that I remember you having that I looked up to and was like, oh, I want to have friends like that one day, were like Tim Vanden Heuvel and Jack Teeson, two people yeah. that you constantly argued with varying degrees of, of vitriol involved, but like you constantly argued with both of them. And those the were the friends that you kept for a long time. And you seem to have the most, like you seem the most fulfilled after spending time with, because yeah, yeah there was, there was a, a disagreement, but that disagreement bred a lot of closeness. True. And that's something that I've subconsciously picked up. I mean, most of my friends don't agree with me. You guys at the blue collar philosopher podcast are a great example. We don't agree yeah. on that many things at all, but I get along super well with you guys because we can find all the connective tissue in betwixt and between all those things. Yeah, we're 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 really trying to turn you conservative. Like it's it's Good a luck. Speak, speak for yourself. I I love watching <laughs> you fight. It's like I, stay as far as possible. Please, I, I love it when you agree with me on something that you're like I don't want to agree. <laughs> for instance, when we're talking about you know raising the age uh, to vote, it was a, mm -hmm. it was a, a fun little thought experiment, and it was it is very entertaining. I, I I know that we fight, we butt up against things still. We're like I, oh, I yeah. see your love. <laughs> but and that is like one the, of the, the raising age of debate. Like we want it for different reasons, but we both still think it's like we both still can agree on the idea from from different directions. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, conflict makes good yeah. conversation. It does, it does. It, when you it have really a, when you can have it as a thought experiment experiment and then come at it from different honest opposing views. You can actually learn some interesting things about about one another. Which brings me to the question I wanted in, to ask you guys. Okay. So um, as father and son, like I can't have the conversations that you guys have with my dad. It just, it, it never grows to fruition. It doesn't become a conversation. Um, so I'm curious how it works between you guys, especially considering that you are kind of on opposite ends on a lot of spectrums, be it sexuality or religion or political kind of alignment and things like that. Like that's the kind of stuff that some families just straight up avoid. Some get, you mm -hmm. know, some conversations can get really, really heated and emotional and be unfruitful. How have you guys managed to kind of 
keep that in check amongst yourselves. Is there anything that we agree about? Um, let's see. Oh boy, we we have there's a lot of shared taste in music. We both think Michael W. Smith's pretty rad. Yeah. Now, now those are fighting words. So '80s music, uh, I would I would say, is a sh- shared like. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think anything of substance, we disagree on. So if yeah. it be politics or religion or obviously if there'd be social issues um mm-hmm. we're at i think opposite ends of the of the spectrums pretty much the, yeah the difference i believe and, and this is where we are similar is we have to have a conversation if you don't have a conversation there is nothing else mm-hmm. so you have to be able to talk even if you disagree our one of our lines is we're not going to agree to disagree as we don't disagree. <laughs> exactly. We're just going to disagree and be okay with disagreeing with each other. Yeah. It's okay to disagree. I, I think a lot of it comes from the fact that we do it honestly. Like it's, I feel like it's a really common thing in a lot of, of, of the, of the conversations around a lot of these sociopolitical, sociopolitical topics these days is that there's a lot of, assumptions, a lot of straw manning, a lot of a lot of just in bad faith conversation. And our conversation, we don't agree, but that's okay. And going into that, we can be honest with each other. And so at the end of those conversations, I still don't agree with you. You haven't changed my mind. But I can at least have an idea, an honest idea of how you got to where you got, why you think the way you think. And even if I don't share it, I can at least understand it so there's not this like sitting back and thinking how could he think that how could you possibly think that i now know why you think that and how you think that and that makes it so that i don't there isn't the same kind of vitriol like i i I don't agree but i don't hold that against you in the same way that i might if it was a, a a dishonest uh conversation there is a psychological term uh it's referred to as asymmetric insight where you you assume you understand someone else's position better than they do or mm-hmm. you not only their position but you understand them better than they do you ask somebody their mm-hmm. favorite color and you'll diagnose why that's their favorite color but when asked the same question and you let's say you ask me it's blue and it's like well it's blue because you come from a this country or your boy or they'll, they'll associate and it's like no i just like the color blue <laughs> or you're a Leafs fan, you have to like the color. And so we have this assumption that we do understand other people better than they than they do and where we don't. Where you don't understand uh, my motivations for something where you might take something, uh, my motivation on a certain topic as economical and be like, no, it's an ideological uh, reason. It's not just mm-hmm. economical. There's And so, uh, yeah, that's a way that we are able to better understand each other is to have conversations. And like you said, good faith conversations where you're actually capable of breaking down a thought and understanding it from their view, not your view of what you think it is, mm-hmm. but what they actually think and, and, and discussing it. A big part of what Devin and I do is we actually talk about things. It's like, do you actually believe that? And then we're like... Well, I don't know. I haven't never actually thought about whether or not I believe it. I just assumed I believed it. <laughs> and yeah. You start breaking down the thought of how much you believe it and maybe why. 
maybe you haven't thought it out enough. So, yeah, that, that's where I found myself a lot lately is is breaking down thoughts and trying to figure out why I believe something. And I, I, I think I hope you guys are doing something similar to that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's why no. I have such a it's like why uh, <laughs> no. apologetics is such a big interest for me is, is it's 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 all about the epistemolo- epistemology of these various topics, whether that's politics, social issues, etc. I would completely disagree, but that's okay. I, I don't. <laughs> I don't Give try to. Un, I don't okay, try I to understand. To Will your, I'd love to hear your perspective here, Dave. If you completely disagree, like let her fly. Let's see. I don't want to understand his reason for why he believes that kids in elementary school ought to be subjected to to trans ideology or why the world is flat or any other such nonsense. I'm making those up. I don't know. I'm yeah. going as extreme as I can here. Wait, are you saying that the world, you think the world's round? Are you oh. a globe tard? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. People people all around the world know that it's flat, Dave. <laughs> I just feel the whole episode taking a sharp left turn. That's <laughs> what okay, flat earthers prefer people that believe in the globe, globe tards. Okay. Okay. Now, so, anyway, okay. why why don't you want to understand why he thinks that trans ideology should be taught to children? Like, the, the thing is, if we would make the assumption, no, you're wrong. Well, we can't just say that because that's not an acceptable. Because uh, I, I personally, I, I have kids that I took out of the system because I disagreed with it so strongly. Well, simultaneously. I I, under, I I want to know why they think that. And when I do find out why they think that it's okay and good or good, well, now I have something to butt up against and something to combat. But if you're just like, I don't want to understand it, then you have nothing to combat against. You can't, you can't, you can't conflict with an idea that you don't actually understand. I, I would agree with you on one level, and that is you need to know your enemy. If you're going to defeat the enemy, you need to know them and understand them. Mm-hmm. There are there are fundamentals in life that that I believe are sort of are are not in dispute. And William and I we differ on a lot of them. And these are areas where I I don't really want to hear the I'll have the conversation, but I don't want to understand it really because I think he's wrong. If if he says three plus three is four. I don't want to understand his logic because I believe he's wrong. But, so that is, is that pushback. I, I, but uh, do you remember the book 1984 with George Orwell uh, oh, yes. by George Orwell? Okay. Yes. They were pushing two plus two equals five. And that yes. was, the, that was what they were doing. Two plus two equals five, two yeah. plus two equals five. It wasn't, but the idea is not that, Oh no, you're just supposed to stand by your line and know that two plus two is not equal five, but to understand that, it's whatever the party says it is. That's what they're looking for. They're looking for submission. And if you're constantly butting up against the idea of two plus two not equaling five, you miss the argument of knowing why they want you to think that it's five. Because it doesn't matter what you think it is. It's a matter of them saying what it is. So the same thing with understanding someone's ideology. You can disagree with it wholeheartedly. And yes, I'm on the same boat as you in this area. But we need to understand its motivations deeper. I, I would agree to know thy enemy 
if you're going to defeat them, I absolutely, I believe that. I think you. I'm the enemy. <laughs> I think the ideology is the enemy. I don't think you are the enemy, Will. And, and this is feed the my ego more. Come on, come on. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and this is the difference. Is as I don't view you or any individual as the enemy. It's one of the reasons here in the U.S. If you remember a few years ago, Obamacare, and the world was railing about Obamacare, this Obamacare, this. Obamacare was was a nothing. Obama was a nice guy. I kind of like Obama. It's not it's not the individual, it's the ideology I don't agree with. And so I don't understand William. I do understand the ideology and the ideology is what I'll argue with. I won't argue or hate the individual. And I'll never See, do I, that. Go ahead, Will. <clears throat> I definitely agree with that last stance, the the pushing back on bad ideas, not people. Um, but how can you say that your ideology is the correct one if you haven't taken the time to understand opposing viewpoints? I didn't say mine was the correct one. I said I believe mine is the correct one. Right. So that's the difference. So, okay. So that's a I dualist. Think not, no, no, you can, yeah, you can have like, a belief. Yeah, but it's like, can. oh, I might not be, but I'm going to believe in it regardless why. of it's incorrect. Well, I guess I do the same thing. Yeah, we, yeah. we had we had a conversation with Will Mike where you sat across the table from him and, you know, like we were talking about like why you believe in faith and your answer to him was. Yeah, no, it's a dualistic answer. <laughs> you know, it was like it simply was. because no. that's what I believe. You're, you're right. Mm. So but isn't that that's the basis of what faith is? You're just supposed to have faith in it. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, I don't know. I kind of disagree with that statement of the word. But then we were getting into like semantics. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I think one of the reasons that I, I push against uh, what you were saying there, Dave, is because maybe the person you're not will in particular, but anyone who you're having discussion with, if they haven't overthought it or thought about it enough or been questioned on it enough to actually have a firm uh, grasp on what mm -hmm. they think they believe. Well, you can't combat it because if you can break down the ideology, then you can dismantle the bad uh, thought <laughs> or the, ba the bad idea. Which is exactly why the culture war has been solved, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's completely figured out. <laughs> this, this, I guess, is my is the reason why I don't is because I don't believe I need to explain and to will my reasons why I don't think the earth is flat. He knows right. my reasons. He chooses to believe otherwise. Well, sort of. And I can't change that. I can't change the I fact mean, that he believes one thing and I believe another. It's it's wait, not. Sorry. We got to catch no up for a second. Yeah. Are you a flat earther, Will? No, no, no. No, no I just grabbed something that I knew was false that wasn't pushing buttons yeah. it, and i think okay. this is Continue. this is again another area where where dave and i will diverge is that i don't think i don't think of belief as voluntary oh. i don't choose i don't choose to believe what i'm believing in it just happened i don't know at what point exactly the scales tipped to tip me into a different ideological camp and it wasn't like one day I decided, ah, I guess I'm switching sides. It was more like singular idea by singular idea as I tried to understand them. For me, it was a search for, truth is a lofty word, but better understanding. While well, searching for better understanding of these different topics because I felt 
I just felt uncomfortable with the understanding that I had. I felt that it was incomplete. And so in trying to understand both sides of it, I picked the side that that seemed to make more sense, that was more logical and more consistent in my view. And so singular topic by singular topic, I didn't all of a sudden get on board with teaching children about uh, about uh, different genders and different sexual orientations. Out of the blue, it was a slow and gradual thing, idea by idea, that led me to that point. And at no point was I like, I want to be like, I want to think this way. I'm going to go towards that. It was going into it like, what am I supposed to make of this? This is a this is a big spaghetti mess in front of me. And in untangling it, I came to the conclusion that that felt the most correct, which I guess felt is the wrong word. Maybe maybe it is like, I'm, obviously, I am biased, but it was never a voluntary thing. It was never a this is what I believe. Now I need to prove it. It was just looking for proof and going where it took me. I would agree with that. And again, this was actually, it was something that you mentioned in one of your episodes with Justin and Justin was asking, Will, you know, I know your dad. I know how you were raised. I don't mm. think this is really you. I absolutely, I think it's really you now. It was not really you when you were raised as I do believe that you can change. The Justin who's who's in the chair now is not the Justin I sat with at Trimtech who had spent the night sleeping over off a hangover out in his truck. You know, it he's not the same guy. Mm-hmm. He has he's changed. At the same time, you, you did raise me and you yeah. raised me to question everything. You raised me to find a certain amount of pleasure in being the devil's advocate. Absolutely. Actively going out of your way to kick the legs out of every argument you saw to see how it handled it. And that is something that I definitely have carried forward in life. It just led me in a different direction. So so it is Dave's fault. It is what? It is Dave's fault then. Oh, yeah. Totally (laughs) Dave's fault. 100%. I take no responsibility for any of this. If if all of my ideology goes tits up, uh, I'm blaming him and I'm blameless. He is a he's a liberal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, brother. I w- I will say that everything is my fault. Is uh, it is? I set him on the path of of searching. I will agree. I was actually I was talking with his sister about it this afternoon. I absolutely I set him up for for searching. I don't think his logic is sound, and that is a part of the Will and Dave show. That's part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think that his his logic is flawed, as he thinks mine is flawed. But I think that I absolutely, I raised him to ask why, how come, and I, I think I think that's important. Mm-hmm. It's when we it's when we don't ask why anymore. There is no more conversation, and nobody will change anybody's mind. And then we end up with a bunch of, of hard-headed sheep. sheep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You have to ask why. Yeah. Or stupid tyrants. I will say, <laughs> slight little side note, but I swear it's attached to that. Like, I have been called, I don't know how many different names, or had my ideas and, my, and my, my, the things that I agree with and the things that I talk about called so many awful things. And they don't bother me. I've been called a libtard. I've been called a communist. All these different things. Doesn't bother me in the slightest. But people calling me a sheep gets under my skin so much. People are like, wake up, sheeple. Or you're just a sheep. You're just following the man. 
it bugs me mm. so much because I put so much effort into not doing that. Yeah, the the, like, the that's the, definitely a sore spot. Red pill language gets under yeah. my skin. Oh, I don't it like bugs it. Me. <clears throat> Disagree with me all you want, but don't say I didn't try. Don't or don't imply that I'm not trying. I mean, there's many people. Well, that that's, don't but try. The, but liberals do the same things when it comes to conservatives, which just oh, assuming they they're do. rich, dumb. Absolutely. <clears throat> That's, where do you think the word? So it goes. It goes both ways. Like it's not. It's not like. Oh, great. The, the thing we're using the same. It's the where, same where do language. You think the word "woke" comes from. It wasn't always derogatory. Like we turned it derogatory on the right. The first time I ever heard the "woke," the word "woke," was somebody was somebody talking about kind of like waking up to the fact of like you know gender um gender issues or it was it was actually no it wasn't gender issues it was Probably it was racial inequality it was oh, it yeah, was a, yes. it was a topic about yeah. white supremacy and how it you know this it, it was originally a term coined by the african-american communities in the states like by black yeah, yeah. in the states so, that is so right by white so they, they've got the term you know they had the term anyway woke now it's derogatory but that was for people who, you know, woke up out of, you know, the matrix into reality. Yeah. And so it's <laughs> both sides do it. Well, it's because it, I, do, I hate to blame people, but <clears throat> white chicks have gentrified the woke term. <laughs> they, they, they heard it and they're like, I like that. I like it a lot. And the, they just jumped on board and they were like, this it's true. Is it's word. like that was stage two. Stage one was like its original usage by the black community in, in specifically the US, but across, yes. I'm, I'm assuming it spread out. And then you had white chicks online that were just like, oh, that's a cool term. All the, all yeah. the cool black people are doing it, so we're going to do it. Yeah. yeah. And then and then old white conservative men got hold of it. And now it's coming full circle and they've just completely yeah. ruined it. Yeah. It, it, it comes with a lot of baggage and it's really unfortunate. <laughs> Yeah. Let's because, just let's uh, call a spade the, a spade. It wasn't white chicks. It was Karen. Name it. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Young, like online white chicks, like California girls, not Karens. Totally different things. Different species. Yeah. Karen, Karen didn't come out till about 2020. Oh, okay, okay. And and white chicks, they've been around a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and like and Karens are not always, but almost always older in an older demographic. Whereas when I say white chicks, I'm usually talking like 16 to 28. That's what they turn into. They they graduated yeah. to Karen. Yeah, graduated to Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Got older. That's why they came later. Uh, they just become more well spoken. That's why they became Karen. <laughs> <laughs> they really talk. Yeah. The manager. That's who they the talk manager, to. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dave, I'm yes. I'm curious. Uh, maybe on a bit of a more personal note. I mean, like I've got a son who's 10. Yeah. And. I know who he is now. Who knows where he will be in 20 years? So I'm curious from your perspective, like, do you, are, are you like, I, this, this is going to hurt, you know, to, no, no, to ask. Or make here, but are, are you disappointed at all in the place that Will has, has landed? Like, how do you, how do you process maybe what your hopes and dreams were for him as far as who he is to, you know, where he stands ideologically now. There's a whole bunch of questions there. I'll, I'll try to answer as many as I can. No, I'm not disappointed. Um, do I agree with him? No. Um, he voted for, for Jagmeet Singh. Good God. No. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, I did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not, to be clear. That was, that was before he rolled over. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to agree with him. But no, I, 
I will never be disappointed in him. Am I disappointed in some of his decisions? Yes. Usually so I tell him. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that that's universal. I'm disappointed in some of my decisions. You know, I'm thinking maybe after the show, I might be disappointed in this one. But, you know, <laughs> you, you know there's, there's a difference in between am I upset at William or am I upset at some of his ideas or beliefs? It's two different things. And no, I will forever love my son. And I will never be disappointed in my son. And I will always be there for my son. It's, it's not a, it's never even a question. The, uh, he will, and so will you, I promise you, Devin, is your son will wake up when he's 13 or 14 or 16 or, or 32 and say, you're an idiot, dad. You're wrong. I don't believe you. And I think you're out to lunch and I'm going to go do my own thing. And you can't change it. So you have the choice at that moment to say, either I love him and I continue or, or I cut him off. And that is when it comes to you, not to him. It's how you respond as a dad is what, what defines the relationship. And I firmly believe that there's all sorts of people who believe all kinds of different ideas how I respond is, is how our relationship is defined. Is that a good enough answer? Yeah. No. Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, I, somebody has to be the contrarian here. Uh, I do have a question, though. Um, seeing as it is all your fault, more or less. Uh, do you, and again, going to sound like a bit of a jab, but it's not. Do you regret the reckless abandon that you encouraged him to um reckless abandon yeah hold on. you've hold got on. an Give intuitive leap going on here that i do not uh, understand the reckless abandon that he approaches the idea of questioning everything because he questions to the point of questioning himself and even devin oh, has yeah. question to him of hey you're questioning everything do you ever question yeah. the fact that you question everything and so it's devin, gotten to the devin, point where it's become full circle and do you do you wish you would have I don't know, encourage some barriers of, hey, man, you got to have something solid in your life to, to stand on uh, other than question everything. Never stop questioning. Or it, maybe maybe I'm reading a little too far he, into it. He never taught me to question everything, but I think he taught me that nothing was beyond question. Yeah. Well, I encourage I, I to took through. it too far with question everything. That That's me and my own anxiousness <laughs> that questions literally everything. And Devin wasn't here for it. But I, I was telling Mike, I can't remember if I told him on air or not, that that question that you asked me about if that was my ideology, if my ideology was to question everything and, and to avoid every ideology, if that is its own ideology, that question has sat with me for months, weeks, a month or two now. It eats at me like that. That chews me up in the best way possible. I can't get that question out of my head that, that whether my over questioning is dogmatic in and of itself. So thank you for that. That was a good question. Good Something job, I can hold on to and sink my teeth into. So what was your question again? Uh, do you wish you would have encouraged him more to have uh, something more foundational that surpasses his questioning and... and uh, no. I don't know. It, it sounds... No, you, you, you're... Because no. you're, I worry that I, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I'm encouraging my kids to 
not just believe everything they hear on TV, not believe anything, anything a cop says. Uh, and that yeah. comes up a lot in our house too. And so I am encouraging my kids to, to really f- think things through and, and question and ask and, and look for answers that, that, that aren't surface level. I, and I'm worried about pushing them too far and them getting to the point of saying, fuck you, dad. And, uh, not understanding that I've been where they are and I have questioned things in harsh ways. And they will say that. They yeah, will look yeah. at you and say, yeah. fuck you, dad. They will, I'm, I promise I'm, you. I'm about five years away. <laughs> four, four, maybe. <laughs> I'm lucky. I got a good ways. <laughs> you got a, yeah, you got a lot of time. <laughs> yeah. He's a sponge yet. The, it's interesting you ask that. I, no, I don't regret it. You have to be prepared if you ask them to to question everything to come to a different conclusion than you have. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay with that. You don't have to agree with it, but you have to be okay with it. I remember right after William turned 19, I think, he moved into town. I think he had an apartment at the time or something. Mm-hmm. And I asked him if he was going to he was going to vote and he said yes i am and i said well i don't care who you vote for if it's the ndp or the marijuana party or the green party i want you to vote and i've always told him that as i firmly mm-hmm. believe you have to vote even if i don't agree with who you're voting for i want you to have mm-hmm. your say mm-hmm. and that is why i can absolutely say no i i don't regret it at all how, okay, I got to I got to chime in just yeah, a little. No, bit. no, no. But how can you have, how can you advocate voting as an American right now, when when it's beyond clear in the last two elections that your votes don't mean shit, and there's well, a, they need to do the ours in Western well, Canada. No, no th- that's because the whole thing's ruled by somebody else, and the your the last two American elections have just been like a the joke. clearest example of the fact that somebody else the the polls you you can vote as much as you want, but that vote. It, means absolutely nothing uh, we are we are not calling into question the election of 2020 or the 2016 election <laughs> i definitely am i, I, I got to be very We're clear about that YouTube. mike's just trying to get us not taken off of youtube again <laughs> it's, happened, it's happened three times now regarding uh, either vaccines or trump yeah said the v word <laughs> we'll edit it out we'll edit it out no i'm we'll not edit editing it. nothing holy frick there is no there is no reason not to vote. There's no valid reason not to vote. But what, there's the, the two, your last two elections yeah are, are the shining star of why not to vote. No, if nobody I, I see came it up as and then they had 20 it, million ballots, then it would be like okay. What? No. I see it as like if right now in the current situation whether I agree with with the elections and their veracity or not, my vote means very, 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 very little, possibly nothing. If I don't vote, it definitely means nothing. I I agree with you, Will. Holy jeez, did I say that? Whoa! We bring people together. I actually do vote, though. Even though I'm certain it doesn't count, I do vote. Yeah. (laughs) Because in case I'm wrong... This is what we do at the Blue Collar Philosophers Podcast. We bring people together. That's one of those things that are like perspective is a hard thing to wrap your head around. 
like whether it's like whether it's looking out across a flat plain or the ocean and trying to figure out if the earth is flat based on how you see it or looking at ballots in a box and like well i mean i live here does this really matter like it's it's hard to quantify because it seems like it doesn't do jack all but when you extrapolate to the bigger picture and get into the realm of mathematics and averages and stuff like that it does play into it <clears throat> like there's on large scales like that you can't trust you can't trust your little ape brain <laughs> to wrap your head around it you have to think about the bigger picture and like get some perspective on it cuz yeah um votes do matter like our our last uh, not our last election um several elections back there there was there was the point where the West was going to decide whether Harper got a majority or a minority. We got mm-hmm. to decide that. If if everybody said, it never matters anyway, it's always going to be Kretchen or, or, you know, liberals or whatever, just whatever, stop, we're done. That never would have happened. So, like, you have to get past the, it's all decided out East or, you know, I don't, I don't see how my vote matters as a drop in the bucket and think about the mathematics of it. I'm actually saying the, the elections are tampered with. The American and they ones. do the Canadian too. Canadian too. Yes, absolutely. Why do you vote? Why do I? What if I'm wrong? <laughs> See exactly. <the> perspective. <laughs> what if I'm wrong? Dave, this is actually something Dave said to me many, many years ago, and unfortunately, it stuck with me, and I'm pissed about it. <laughs> but we were we were talking about religion before I was a believer. Is it Pascal's wager? No, I don't know. I have no idea. But he it said to not. me, if 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 when I meet the Maker, if I when I meet God, if I'm right, what have I gained? Right, and it's like entrance to heaven, the whole thing. Yeah, but if I'm wrong, what have I lost? And I'm like, the Pascal's wager. It's okay, called. yeah, it's got okay. a technical term. I did, I didn't know that, and it's like it really. I didn't know that either. Yeah, it it sat with me for all these years, actually, and it just like infuriates me because he's right. It's like, and that's part of what why I have faith now. It's like what I okay. don't. Why, well, can I even, ask you? Uh, how can, don't ruin it. Can I can I ask you why not uh, Allah or why not Vishnu then? Well. Because God exposed himself to me. <laughs> no, because one day God actually did reveal himself to me and things were different for me. That's like Will was talking about his belief in how he deconstructed everything. Mine was the, my experience was actually the exact opposite where, where, where maybe I was deconstructing everything and then I just felt better. I was, it was like, I, I remember it so clearly. I was, I got out of my vehicle. I was walking across the parking lot into my apartment and it felt like somebody gave me a hug. And from that moment on, I knew things were different. Plain, it, it was, it yeah. was just like a, a light switch came on. I could not deny things anymore. I started asking a bunch of questions. Yeah, that's. Oh, see, that's cool. That was my, that was my personal experience. And that's why it's. Yeah. Here's the problem with that idea. And it is the problem with that idea. Which one? Pascal's wager. Oh, yeah. oh. Is you have to be okay with, with altering your lifestyle. As God will require you to change your lifestyle. Yes. You, you have to be at a place where you're willing to change your lifestyle. So he'll bring you there or or you won't ever get there. And we will see afterwards 
who was right, who was wrong. I don't feel I have missed out on 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 anything. Now, I don't have a lot of things in my lifestyle that are harmful other than the odd F-bomb coming out every now and then, but... <laughs> And I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Ten years ago, I just did not even understand that a little bit. And I know we we argued many times. I felt like you were missing out on all these things. And it's like forty four years old. I absolutely know you were missing out on nothing. Oh man, yeah. Like you even said that the other day. We we're watching TV at your place, and yes. uh, this big club scene came on. Like these got you know these hot rodders throwing a party in Vegas, and you just looked at it. You're like, there's nothing for me there anymore. No, it's just that. That was very cool, just to see you had kind of this moment where you just reflected a little bit, and you were like, "Nah, man, I'm good." Well, the, you know, it's funny because I before my mom died, I'd actually said to her, or she brought it up to me. She's like, she was talking about me drinking, and I just like I don't drink. I and it's funny people when you say you don't drink, they assume that you have some. It's like, but I drink zero. And she said to me, she's like, I never assumed that you would stop drinking, and I'm like, no, I actually, I always wanted to improve my relationship with alcohol, but I assumed that I would have a glass of wine with supper or, or a responsible drink, but that's, that is not the reality of the situation for me. And to know that limitation is so, so good. There's a lot of people who think, oh no, this time will be different. They'll have a glass of wine and then a bottle and then another bottle. And then, you know, I, I I know fun. It will not be different. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes the direction that it goes. So yeah. if you know that limitation, and be like, "Hey, it's just better than I not." And and you've got gummies. Like I have gummies. You have gummies. I have gummies. I had twenty five gummies tonight, Paul. If you're <laughs> listening tonight, Paul, I had twenty five gummies. Paul, twenty five. Twenty five. We could talk about this later, but Paul, twenty five. It's twenty plus five, Paul. Yeah, that is an entire package. <laughs> they're cbd they're fine it's cbg like, cbg he's not tripping balls over yeah, here there's just no making it clear yeah <laughs> they're good and good for you yes they might be vegan don't, don't, I actually don't think take my word vegan. for that they might not be good for you i, I we are they, not medical experts <laughs> they might be vegan we got it we got to pattern language otherwise we get sued can't it's interesting nothing. in listening to this conversation, guys. It's interesting. I remember um, with William, we were having conversations through all the pandemic, and we were on we were on opposite ends of the spectrum through so much of that. And I watched him go, and he's gone. I hope he's still listening. He had to go into mental and logical contortions to justify the, the actions of the police and the actions of the government in Canada and the actions of what was happening in Ottawa at the time. And it was interesting, and, and you brought it up earlier, seeing him look at it and say, ooh, I don't know that I can, that I believe that, or... Ooh, I don't know that I can support that was an example of what happens even with belief is because you as you go through life and you realize as you learn things that they alter your belief systems a little bit of a time and all of a sudden there's a tipping point and you can you hit it you know as you're getting out of 
out of your vehicle, Justin. You know, and, and it will happen for everybody at some moment. It may be after death. It may be now. You know, it may be in 10 years or it may never happen and you end up, you know, either either in nothingness or in hell or heaven. Who knows? The it is really interesting, though, for Will and I at hearing him, you know, and look at Ottawa and what happened there and say, man, I don't know. I want to support this. And yet I support an idea here and not the overall picture. And that was an interesting thing to watch from my perspective, which threw the whole thing out the window because I thought it, it was all st stupid and all wrong. So it, mm -hmm. it's, it was really interesting in watching a belief shift even a little bit like that. I mean, that's another thing that you taught me growing up is that you don't have to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Ideas aren't necessarily permanently welded together. I mean, to use Ottawa as an example still, I can, I, I can like the idea of the protest. Like, I can like how we did a protest. So we had a, like a massive national-sized protest in Canada that was mostly nonviolent, at least relative to any other Western protests in the last 10 years. I can like that. I can think that's great and still think the thing they were protesting is stupid. I can hold those two ideas in my head relatively comfortably, just like I can I can look at what happened in Ottawa and I can be like, I don't like what the police did. I don't like this, even though I don't like what they're protesting. I don't like what the authority, like the, the actions the authorities took at that time. I can, I can keep those two ideals in my head quite handily. This, this is going to spark some controversy because it's overall, I, I respected what the convoy was trying to do initially, but by the end of it, I was actually disgusted in the whole thing. And how so, how so, how so, because, because, because it was, it started off as such a good thing and the whole world was getting on board. We're going and we're going to get rid of these stupid mask mandates. And well, it was one ask. It was one ask. Well, the initial act wasn't even that. It was the... They wanted to cross the border back They wanted to cross the border, border because without they... Vax without vax passports. Yes. Because they were already... They were safe. They were in the truck. They were taking precautions yeah. to the yep. best of their ability. So where did it go wrong? Where did it go wrong? Where did it go your... wrong? Okay, so the ask changed along the way. Well, there... we, 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 they, they started wanting this, and then they wanted that. Then they plugged off the border crossings with the Americans, which is not smart. It There was so much of that was absolutely awful. I respect what they were but, trying to do in the beginning. But here's the thing: they they never got a meeting. They they can they were ask never going to get want, a meeting. But they but then why care what they were asking for? They never got a meeting. Who who's going to sit? I would never sit. You can't sit down with they a terrorist. Sit down, they you sit down. They sit down with, with Black Lives Matter all the time. They sit down because Black with Lives Matter. These... Yes, because Black Lives Matter asks for one thing: Black Lives to Matter. Yes, but the, however. The convoy asked for 10 things and you can't sit down and negotiate one thing well, and then two things and then three things and then four. They things. also didn't have proper leadership. They didn't have a headship that no. was actually doing no. a job saying, no, we're here for this reason. And the, the media was was convoluting the message of what they were actually trying to do. They were giving attention to all the worst possible places. So if you believe what CBC C, and CTV and all these other fucking places are trying to tell you about what's happening there and not actually talk to somebody who has been there, you're going to get two different messages. There's people who are saying, we were trying to just do our job. We want our freedom. We want the ability to travel, which we should have under the Canadian Bill of Rights. We have that. And then the government is shutting it down. 
under a mandate, which is not a law. So we should yeah, be allowed to travel well, as much anywhere because, if we want I, to. And I greatly agreed with that in the beginning. However, it snowballed from there. Yes, but they never gave them even opportunity, and then they started taking them to they were jail. Never, what, they were never going to get opportunity. Opportunity then, based on what? A bunch of yokels can't show the fuck up and be like, thing. this is not what the fuck's happening. Not all of them were yokels. Not all of them were. They, but but, but, that's I not, but that, is not that, how Demo, that is not how our country were. works. Well, then, you then can, why meet with Black Lives Matter? Because that's not how our country works. I don't think we should meet with Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Black Lives Matter actually makes my blood boil. Black Lives Matter, all lives matter. Holy fucking shit. It's like this is reverse racism at its worst. It's yeah. Black Lives Matter is but an organizations absolute shit like show that. to me. But th that's one of the things, though. Like, it was civil disobedience, like, straight mm -hmm. up, regardless yeah. of, of all the various things. Yeah. Because, like, when, when something is going so... So when a totalitarian system is going so off kilter, <clears throat> you have to have a certain amount of disruption. Yes. Like disruption yes. has to happen in order for a protest to be worth its salt. Otherwise, it's like, oh, look at those guys. They're cute over there. You know, keep it up, guys. Happy, happy for you. And then business carry on as, us as usual. Yes. So there has to be some, there has to be some tension. There has to be some uncomfortableness for something to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, they, I agree. And so they, they these come guys, the shock, but I'm I'm in the same boat as as Justin. Actually, I think they just got too big for their boots. Yes, but they they didn't have any kind of decent headship. They, they they didn't, and it's like if it was managed properly, lots could have been different. I'm not saying it. I'm just overall yeah. they lost me. They had me in the beginning, and they lost me along the way. Yeah. Much like if you look at the, the support, Europe was doing rallies all over the world. The ass changed, and then the the world actually stopped supporting the rally along the way. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I think. A big part of why they the, the rally in Ottawa in particular kept me for so long is the fact that while they were doing it, they were still doing they were shoveling sidewalks. They they gave a lot. They were like, yes. we're not going to honk constantly well, because that's... people need to sleep. They they did give so much and they went out of their way to make sure that they were being as hospitable to the people. They had air toys for kids. They were had concerts. They had like people speaking. It was a very peaceful protest. It was That's... the most peaceful protest and, and I never believed I've all ever the seen and... in Ottawa. I lived in Ottawa. I saw protests. I had friends throw trash cans through windows because why fucking not? These are my actual so I'll... friends. That's why they said they did it. <laughs> I, I want to be clear. I'm, I'm, I'm all for pushback, but it is anecdotal pushback. So yeah, where that sits on evidentiary hierarchy. Not... I, I know I know people who were in Ottawa during this protest and it was predominantly peaceful mm -hmm. predominantly being the, the operative word as as like modern day large scale protests go I think it was probably the most peaceful one we've had in North America Ever. so it's still good but it, it wasn't perfectly peaceful I don't want to I don't want to leave listeners okay. with that okay. assumption okay. I'll, I'll give that, yeah, because there are people who tag along and be like, yeah, they're going to fuck shit up. Like my exactly. friend who literally threw a trash can through McDonald's because yeah. you can never, you can never totally escape in all situations, And then yeah. you can't control that. That's yeah. the issue. Yeah. But overall, this was the most peaceful and it got painted as the worst possible brush and we look back at it as this horrible thing. No, we, we can't do that because it's not fair to the people who got run over by horses. By I, I look back at it as a thing with the good and the bad. I... I would say it was a large ideological ideological shift in the Canadian psyche. I would agree with that. 
Because when you look at the convoy as, as it worked its way over the nation until it got to Ottawa, it's crossing uh, through Winnipeg, you know, go through all the Manitoba. And the Hutterites are coming out and feeding these people who, who is their beliefs not to get involved in government and not to get involved in things. And they are coming out of their shells. It shifted the, the ideological ideas of Canada. It turned you from, you know, I'm never going to say who I vote for into saying I will never vote for that guy ever again. It shifted the Canadian idea. I think it idea. also did a good job of, of putting a spotlight on it not being a small fringe minority. Yeah, However much I yeah. may disagree with the ideas yeah. they were espousing, Canadians have to reckon with the fact that it is not a small minority. It, it was not the minority. Huge no, it was a huge portion of the country. It was the vast majority of the country, honestly. Well, yeah, majority based on square footage, not necessarily population, but yeah. Yeah. It certainly wasn't a small majority or a small minority. Yeah, and they put, their, they put their money where their mouth was. Like, it's not mm -hmm. cheap to do that kind of thing. These trucks don't run for free. You can't turn them off sometimes. It's it was hard for these people to do, and they found it so important that they were willing to put their pocketbook on the line. Yeah. And you got to believe people don't do that recklessly. They they. Well, I think they, they do do it well, recklessly, but I still I still don't. Well, I, I would disagree with that. I, I, I don't. Do. I don't think the lot truckers are not dumb people. No, they 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 understand. There's so many. Uh, loopholes they have to jump through just to drive their truck places i was talking to my buddy and he was telling me about all the permits he has to get to run across the border to yes, do a ton of these per, runs like, even it's across unbelievable the border, even even for our trucks to cross like provincial borders is insane the permitting that we have to do there's I, we have fuel permits all kinds of stuff it's insane i don't even know i'm not gonna do. i don't think that trucking is a dumb job i want to be clear i don't think trucking is a dumb job and i know lots of really intelligent really diligent dedicated truckers I, I know and i'm related to a few uh but some of the dumbest motherfuckers i've ever met in my life <laughs> were truckers they have a special well, like obviously that is very that anecdotal but they're we super can truckers. have the same view when it comes to any demographic we can yes, say oh the exactly. dumbest motherfuckers i ever met were liberal oh the dumbest motherfuckers i ever met were this or whatever yeah. yes i can even agree with that some of the dumbest people <laughs> i've ever met were liberals yeah. <laughs> or are I, oh. <laughs> I was going to just make a fun example, but I don't you know if you're going to agree. I'll think. <laughs> but yeah, there's just there's dumb people in every camp, and I do believe yes. that. And and we got to see each each one another as individuals. Of hey, I see where you're coming from. I might not agree, but I don't think our government's response was in any way good, and they should be put in prison over it. They, I truly I, 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 okay, and I, I greatly agree with you there. The government shutting down bank accounts of people that donated to this—that was a massive oversight. Oh yeah, no, they should go to prison for that. The, it, I, I, I understand that I have conflicting views about the whole thing, but I—they lost me along the way. In all of that, the scene I loved the most—I played it on this show actually. There's a little old lady. This is right at the end when the the police were moving in, and they're coming in in a line. And there's this little old lady at the front line. She's carrying a mirror. And she's mm -hmm. going along in front of each officer and saying, is your mother aware where you are? Is your mother proud of you? Is your mother proud of you? And she went down yeah. the line with a mirror in the face of every officer. And I thought, you know, if there was ever a protest in Canada that I could get behind, it's a protest where there's nobody with a stick 
There's nobody with a gun. There's nobody with a weapon. It's a mirror and shining in the face and right. saying, is this really who you are? And it was, it, it encapsulated how I viewed that whole thing. Yeah. Mm. yeah. And that was one of the, one, just one example of, yeah. of some of the things that they did there that was so good. And I have not seen anything like it before or since. I don't think you will. That. No, they'll, they'll arrest them before they have a chance. Yeah. They'll shut down their bank account before they have a chance. They monitoring everything. I don't know if it would go the same way. Like I, I honestly I don't know if I don't I don't know if police officers would, would fall in line the way they did with Ottawa because they had to import police officers because the, the chief of police refused to that's and what they I mean. forced them to resign. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like I don't I don't know if it would ever get that far again. I don't know. That's the truth of the matter is though, is you're going to see the effects of that in your next election. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm, ho- yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, even if, if it, if even I had if to it like government, you'll see a definite shift. Yeah, if I had to put my tinfoil hat on, I would say that I I would have bet that the liberals were banking on a huge, a much larger portion of the country getting behind what they were doing, mm-hmm. and that when it didn't, I think they knew the jig was up. Yeah, I think I, that's I why think they're going to avoid an election as long as they can. Yeah. You see it in the U.S. as well with what's happening here and you look at the polls and you realize that the the last three years emotionally has been expensive for the Democrats. And I think in Canada, mm-hmm. what happened with the truckers and all that was so ex- expensive electorally that it will make a major shift tinfoil hat or no i think i think that these are defining moments in the history of our two nations and it'll be very Mm -hmm. interesting to see what comes out of it are you going to get a polivier or whatever his name is who's who's potpourri yeah i know you're trying to say pierre polyev Whatever the hell his name is, you know, are are you going to get this this all right as an answer to Trudeau, or there is no alt right? Even our even our slightly right is just you know regular conservative is considered left comparison with what you got going on in the states. Oh, I don't know. We're I, we're, I we're I so screwed down here. I, uh, I don't know if that's true anymore. I think there was a time when our right would have been center for yeah it's, it's not that right anymore. i think, I think it's, it's it's diverted enough that you can say that's a true left yeah. and true right oh yeah oh hopefully because we need a we need a little more right in our world just just a little bit just give i'm so tired i'm so tired of trudeau so if you have any friends in the government there um uh, bc and alberta would love to be um become american no you wouldn't <laughs> i wouldn't <laughs> I would. I want. I, I want them to call BC America's Corridor, because it's all the pipelines we could build. It would be so amazing. All oh, the pipelines. Think of the oil. Yes, think of We're the oil. We're under tyrannical we government. We have so much natural gas. <laughs> oil, tyrannical but here, government. You actually own all of our natural gas. But However, here's the problem, guys. Natural gas. But here's the problem. You are still going to fight the same issue that you have now. Is everybody yes, who's with west right of hope? is going to vote for the left. So you're still not going to get your pipelines. 
Yes, we will. No, you won't. We'll why we, that's why we got to get Alberta too. Well, the oil. No, <laughs> I'm. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm. I'm. Just, I'm struggling to think of how you're conceiving this map to look. Just, just Alberta and BC being part of America. That's yeah. all. So it's just like two gigantic, gigantic yeah. places yeah. that super, make that make one states. that make one super state. Of yeah, just, has like no population. You, yes, yes. Just like, you, one, just just like no uh, Montana. Laws. If we're talking about oh, things right. that are happening, are no helmet laws. Oh, no helmet laws. Firearm. Yes. Oh, second and amendment. carry laws. We could say things without government. Tra- well, yes. well, I don't know. Mostly. Yeah. Okay, mostly. So this, this has way less to do with with politics and more with you guys. Freedom. With more of you guys just wanting certain perks that the federal Canada doesn't have. That's right. Okay, yeah. I see now. You're just going to get screwed by an American instead of a Canadian. Yeah, but at least we can carry firearms. Yes. Yeah, and but you can't use them. them. No, yes, you can. You can't use them in Canada as it is. They, they're, you, can't even, you can't even defend you yourself. Get it, you, yeah. you can't get a handgun and you can't defend yourself if your life was in danger using a firearm. <laughs> Okay. No, listen to uh, Joe. Listen to what he said. He wait, says you cannot use it, even though lie. I know law, what he said. Law says that you can. Trudeau says you can't. Yes. Trudeau so didn't write the law. law. I know what he wants, but what is actually law is a little, a little but, bit more. Generally speaking, you are right. To be clear, like I, I'm offering like nuance push pushback, but generally speaking, you, you're right. Helmet yeah. laws are state based. In Washington, you have to have a helmet, and I know you don't. So you're hoping. That your left government in Victoria is going to side with Idaho and not Washington? You don't, you don't, you don't want to be like <laughs> Idaho. Like, like seriously, that's not going to happen. We're not going to get a new capital. Like, are the population of our province isn't going to change its political alignment. The you're just, just going to wind up with sovereign. You're just going to wind up with the left with the left state. We could end up with a new capital. North Columbia, the, the South island, Columbia. The island could go sovereign. Oh yeah. It could be. It could they do all go kinds of things. The Islanders are weird. I'm from there. <laughs> I'm am sorry, guys, but the Islanders are so high they're not going to know what happened until a week after it's done. So, <laughs> speaking of, <laughs> speaking of, lucky guy. Uh, so I realize we're coming up on to uh, hour. And a little, I don't know what our recording time. Do you see it there? I yeah, can't an see hour that. and twelve minutes. I'm yeah. fine with that. I don't know about uh, you guys, I, but I would I would yeah. like to know a little bit of how do you how. Has, do you feel this conversation has gone well? Is it better or worse than what you thought it would be? Oh, it's fine. Oh, fine. Fine. <laughs> fine. Fine. Well, fuck you. As expected. Fine. I'm in holy shit. <laughs> it means it's small. Um, yeah. I, I, I liked it. I had no oh. expectations either for good or for ill. I figured we'd get together and talk. And that's exactly what we did. It's you interesting. Like to, it's it's yeah. interesting to hear your questions about me and Will, and mm-hmm. I find that interesting. I don't, I don't know if Will and I will speak to each other again after my answers. But oh yeah, we will. You referred to him as the enemy. We're gonna have so, words. Yeah, that's where he's coming from. Yeah, but I like being the enemy. That's fun. That sounds exciting. That's that's uh, uh, that's, that's cool and mysterious. <laughs> How do you think the conversation went? As good as a video call can. It's it, it's something about being a person. It's just so great that it's really hard to do the video stuff. And I apologize it's if true. that sounds rude, but it's but it, it's video. It's is hard, hard to do a five person podcast in person too. 
Oh, yes. Yes. So. Believe me, we've tried. <laughs> but usually, <laughs> but usually I should go much worse than this. So I'm very happy. Yeah, very happy, all things considered. Yeah, no, I think this was great. Yeah. Um, Will, what did you think? I loved it. Yeah. It's, it's a great time for me. Like, I feel very much like I am the odd one out, but that's okay. Like, I get to have a conversation with two different camps of people that I really enjoy having difficult conversations with. Like, what's not to like? This is this is a dream come true. It. I did have a worry initially that um, it would seem like we're ganging up on Will because I'm like, I don't want that at all. I want this just to be a great conversation. And if Dave, I don't know what your agenda coming into it would have been, but if his agenda was... Well, these guys agree with me on some things that I can get them to, you know, help me out with Will. We can fix them. Uh, <laughs> so it wouldn't help. It wouldn't help. I also learned how to be a stubborn ass from him, too. Yeah. I just I was, dig my heels in deeper. I was just really uh, intrigued to kind of get a peek into your relationship dynamic more than anything. Because mm. I've seen some of your conversations and stuff like that. And I just, I, I admire the way that you two are able to dialogue with one another. And it's it's cool to see the unwavering, unfaltering love that that Dave has for you, Will. And uh, I think you're a lucky guy to have that. And it's uh, it's just nice to see. Counted on uh, many blessings. I'm gonna take that to the bank. I think I'm just gonna hop off right now. I can quit <laughs> right now. Yeah, you do that. Just, end on a... <laughs> just walk out of the room, and then we'll say what we really think. Microphone uh, drop. <laughs> Just, just well, leave the office. Susan, did you hear what they said about me? <laughs> she's, she's one of the three people watching. Uh, oh, no, she's would, not watching this one. <laughs> that's probably a good thing. Um, well, I, I hate to inflate anyone's head here, but Dave, you knew Justin a long time ago. Yeah. How much do you feel he's grown compared to where you knew him and where he is now? I, oh. I, I think from, from what I've seen is unbelievable and i love him so i'll be really honest this is the most i've seen you justin in 10 years absolutely it is is on this show so i have no idea i i love i've always loved justin we've always had a lot of arguments and fun together and i've never i've never been mad at justin he may have been mad at me for for pasco's wager or whatever the hell that thing was but (laughs) I always, I felt our relationship has always been good, and we had a lot of laughs at Trim Tech in between his hangover sleepovers. So, so many hangovers. So many? How many? Like I don't know. Every day, really. <laughs> you do you not remember Justin when we met him? Yeah. No, I don't remember him drinking to the point of oh, I'm going to sleep on my truck to truck tonight because it's just that, you know easier. I slept. I slept on banners in the shop on more than one occasion he was i don't remember this he was yeah. living in taylor at the slumlord at brad what's his name um brad small brad small slum city down there and he would go home and he would be too drunk to open the door so he would turn around and drive back drunk to the shop i i remember yelling at him the next morning saying i'm going to report you for driving drunk I, at the end, I started smartening up and just sleeping in the shop. That's, <laughs> that's smartening up. Well, things are bad. I've, I've, I've almost like it's almost ten years. Yes. I haven't had a drink in almost ten years. That's right. So, so Dave, you haven't yes. seen him in ten years, and then he quit drinking. So, yeah, do, were you causing him to drink? Do you think? <laughs> Very possibly. <laughs> Very possibly. 
Oh, so we're, blaming, Dave. we're blaming Dave for that too now, yes. are we? Yep. <laughs> Everything is Dave's fault. I know that's why Tim still drinks to this day. <laughs> oh, Tim did one of the funniest things in my entire life, though, at Trim Tech. And I think you, uh, you'll remember this. Tim and I were lowering a truck one day, and he pops his head out and he shows me this air ratchet and he goes, Is this piece of shit yours? And I'm like, Fuck no, it's not. And he just hawks that thing out the back door. <laughs> Was it yours? No, no. 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 Okay, I thought you were no. like, uh, no. Yeah. no, no, no. It was his. That yeah. was the... It's fun to know that's another thing I picked up because I have a habit of doing that at work. That it's become Pro like a, a running gag. Well, no, I'll like I'll take something. I'll walk up calmly to somebody. He's like, "Is this yours? Or do you need this? Or is this important?" He'd be like, "No, cool." And I'll smash the crap out of it because it was annoying <laughs> me for some reason, or I had I had a bee in my bonnet. <laughs> And I'll just destroy something. Like, I just wanted to politely make sure that it wasn't going to ruin anyone's day if I did. <laughs> Dustin actually years later called me and had found one of my screwdrivers I'd pitched out the back door. <laughs> uh, oh, somebody's defending oh, Damn near hit Richie with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, yeah, Tim almost did hit Richie with the air ratchet. Yes, he did. <laughs> no, I still remember the day... Tim was up working in the back of a pickup up on the hoist. It was near the end of the day. He wanted to be finished and he was putting a tailgate protector in. And so the hoist is six feet in the air. He's, he's in the truck on the hoist and he can't get the thing to fit. So he takes his tailgate protector, those, the aluminum ones, the checker plate ones, and he pitches it across the shop and ting, 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 and it goes flying across out the door, hits the wall. And of course, he's choked because then he can't return it because it's bent to hell. Can't return it. And he was just so mad. He, yeah, yeah. That was Tim and I and you. That was our, that was our shop life. Yes, it was. Just throwing product. Yeah. The, that because I really hated putting in box liners, and the one day my turn came in as I was throwing my drill against the wall. <laughs> Let me put that in for you. Yeah, yeah, maybe you should. Yeah. <laughs> well, those days, those days were they were something else. That was that was a it was a different work environment than it is today. Yes, it is. Yes, it was. You're not able to do the things that we did there. <laughs> and get away with it. That bent pole that we used to put under the hitches <laughs> so we could put airbags in on that shitty hoist. Yeah. <laughs> so let me let me guess. Hold on. So you had a pole. Yeah. You you jack up the truck on the, the car and then you put the pole underneath the jet the, the the hitch hitch. So you and would, then you just lower the thing so that it Yeah. And the pole, I'm, I'm not even there and I can see it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it worked. Yeah, yeah. I put what I actually put a I used that pole, I put a chrome molly tubular front suspension in my brother's car and his Mustang with it. We just, what? Do you still have the pole? I hoped him has the pole. No, it's, <laughs> it's sold in trim tech's bankruptcy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. With Jay. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I had to call him trying to get canopies out of there actually for a guy. Yeah. There's a few that got stuck with that. Yeah. So. I think that's a, conversation for another day i think um <laughs> in conclusion do you guys have anything to add no i'm good man i'm just grateful for y'all being here it was a blast i'm good this was great i'm glad i got to catch up with dave we should do this yeah. more we uh, should 
Yeah, we should. Yes. If you're ever near Edmonton, look me up. I have. I found your number, so I will. Yeah. So here's what we'll do, uh, okay. Dave. When you come back to Fort St. John, we'll yeah. kidnap your grandchild and we'll hold him hostage here, and you can hold him, and we'll do a in-person recording. If you think you I'm going to let my wait. granddaughter get within 50 feet of you. <laughs> I understand. Not with that mustache. No. <laughs> uh. We have Grizzly Adams and Ron Jeremy here. Come on. Which one do you think I'm going to let him stand over me with? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 Kid. Uh, <laughs> did we have to end the show on a porn reference come on seriously yeah. <laughs> oh, you did it you did it I did, you. I, did. I, did. I did maybe you flipped that switch guys <laughs> alright so on that note I think it's the perfect place to end perfect we'll talk to you guys Thanks. later Thanks All right, for stay, stay safe don't die uh, alright <laughs> No, they're still there.